want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. Today's guest is a friend and a spiritual mentor to me. Joanna Bell is the director of Illumina Yoga and is known as a teacher of teachers and an inspiration fairy, and she really is inspirational and like a fairy, who mentors countless yoga instructors on their ever-expanding journeys, including yours truly. She is a sequencing specialist devoted to the infinite creative and connective stream of each individual's truth and is the founder of the Full Spectrum Sequencing Approach. Her classes incorporate poetry, moving metaphor, and music in a rich orchestral way that guides the student on a soulful, sweaty journey into the heart of what it means to be human. As a spiritual counselor, she is recognized for ability to see light, wholeness, and infinite potential within everyone she meets. She is truly a special human being. In this episode, you'll learn why burnout happens what being in the body and embodiment, which is a term that is thrown around a lot, really means, the importance of saying, I don't know, and becoming an elder, plus why you cannot hide in your business. This is a great conversation, and I'm so excited to introduce you to Joanna Bell. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, my friends, welcome back to the Nick Demas Show. I have a dear, dear friend, a soul sister. There ever was one. We're constantly in tune with one another to a point of being downright frightening at times. (laughs) Or comical, (laughs) depending on how you look at it. (laughs) I want to welcome to the show today. Joanna Bell, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, and it's always a pleasure to to be with you, Nick, and laugh with you, and share with you, and get too hot together because both of us have too much fire in our personalities, <laughs> and we get excited and get going, and it just starts to storm it up. It does. We, we can create a good storm, I'm telling you. <laughs> so we know each other very, very well. We have had some similar paths in many ways, and they've diverged in others, but why don't you tell the audience who may be not familiar with you, just who you are, what you do, who you serve, um, those questions of, they're, they're simple questions, and yet they're very important and profound. Yes. Well, and there's so many dimensions to our humanity. So I would say, first and foremost, I'm a human being. I am somebody who has struggled with my embodiment, who loves to live in spirit. Um, And it has taken me many years to accept that I am here now in this being in this form for a reason. And that is sort of a little bit of a clue into what I do, which is that I create bridges between spirit and form. That's kind of my path in life. And I'm discovering new ways in which to play that out. But of course, we met 
through yoga. I don't know how many years has it been now since we uh, came together. Gosh, I don't even know. Almost 15, I would say. 14. Wow. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting because, of course, I started as one of your teachers, but mm-hmm. I think that that dissolved almost immediately into the soul friendship and the sense that we together can co-create magic. And we immediately always knew the same language. But it was my pleasure to know you in the context of yoga, but also as former dancers, as two people who really were finding new ways to be embodied, not about pushing our awareness out into the world and, you know, shining as that form, being the flashiest person we could be, but the most integrated person, I think has been. Am I correct in saying that's both of our journeys? Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. And I, and you were really instrumental in that, that for me Mm. of being a mirror, but also in being a teacher of mine, particularly at the beginning of my, not the beginning of my yoga journey, but at that, at the, at a very pivotal point for me in that, in that journey Mm. of showing me that, that I didn't need to be so outwardly expressed Mm. that I could allow that I could receive as much as give, that I could surrender to the divinity of the universe as much as be the creator and the manifester. Yeah. And that true manifestation was in the downward spiral. That's right. I think that there, there is this trajectory as human beings that we're taught to focus on, which is the rising, the expanding, you know, and that our worth is based on, on that process and that process of creation and emanating outward is so deeply important and it's it's powerful and you have that gift in spades I marvel at you know what you're able to produce and put out there but at the same time for the balance of the individual for the balance of the world that more receptive channel has to also be integrated otherwise what happens is burnout yeah, and I think that 15 years ago, when 14, whatever, I mean, however many years ago that was, uh, that we met, <laughs> I was at that place of burnout, basically. And I wasn't allowing the space within my own body and in my own spirit to be nurtured. Mm. I was either nurturing everyone else and, and or creating for the world, but I wasn't creating and allowing and nurturing my own being. And that was one of the gifts that you taught me. So I thank you for that. Wow. I'm glad, I'm glad that you received that from me because I'm still learning it myself. It's a process, right? right? (laughs) It's layers. (laughs) I'm listening to you talk and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, yeah, still working on that one. But, but, but at least, you know, it's first is the word, right? First is the word. We are able to speak it aloud as a truth. And then it takes a long time for us to live into the cellular knowing of that. And I think that's the process that both of us are still, well, all of us really are undergoing. I think, you know, that that, that whole thing of we teach what we most need to learn, right? So of course you were teaching that to me because it's something that, you know, that you were a step or two ahead of in your journey of it, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. In a different way, in a different form. (laughs) Right. And so you were able to reflect that to me. And I was able to then take that in because it is this process. It is this journey. And you were such a creative. When Mm -hmm. I think of the word creativity, 
you are a personification of that word to me. Wow. Not only were your were and are your yoga classes some of the most creative and expansive that I've ever experienced in practice, but just who you are in your life is, is creative. How you live is creative. Oh, thank you for saying that. I, I sometimes don't perceive that about myself. And so it's really nice to have that reflection back. I do feel that my desire is to be part of this creative inheritance that we're given as human beings, that we can co-create our reality with our highest self, whatever you want to call it. And that, that what a privilege it is to participate in that process of creating our lives according to our deepest ideals and truths and the heart of who we are. So I'm still working on it, but I'm glad that it resonates that way. So go back to this idea of being in the body. What did that mean yeah. to you? What did that mean to you to be in the body versus in, you said you started by saying, oh, I'm in, you know, I live in spirit and I had to learn to be in the body. What did you mean by that? I think I was very much born in my body, but I also had this, this deep tether to spirit, to energy and to whatever, I had no language for it when I was young, but, but whatever God is for me, there was a sense that I could directly communicate with that essence. Now, when I was young, I was deeply embodied, but at a certain point, for a variety of reasons we don't have to get into, I began to cut myself off from this form as a vessel for that spirit. And, you know, I'm perfectly happy to talk about, you know, the reasons for that. I and mean, we talked about it quite a lot. I ended up, well, I always loved movement. I went into the field of ballet for a, a period of time. I came from a very loving, but very um, professional and what's the best word to use? There were high expectations. Let's mm -hmm. just, you know, for achievement and so on. And I also felt a little bit like I was a stranger in a strange land. <laughs> you know, it was like this this family that was scientists and business people and all of this stuff. And then they had this, this fairy child who didn't quite, you know, fit. And so I think that's yeah. part of my resistance to my embodiment as well. But there was also this trying to like fit myself into prescribed forms and I never could, and I never did. And in, unfortunately with ballet there at the time, I think they've gotten much better, but there was a lot of emphasis on how you, exactly you should look and how your body should be able to fit into this particular mode or uh, model, which would be, you know, ultra skinny, yeah. you know, and, and all of those things. And so I, I tumbled with a combination of ballet and my own perfectionism into years of, of eating disorders, which was literally a denial of my form. You know, if you think about how you're going to deny your physical being to not eat it, that's fundamental, right? I mean, that's, you can't get much more clear than that. And so the issue is that when you cut yourself off from your form, and this is what we don't get, you can either end up living up in space and completely having a life that, that isn't manifest, or you get complete cut off from that because there's actually no, um, no grounding with which to attract that channel. And so, you know, I've spent many, many years first going through theater, which is another thing that we've shared, which was very helpful for me in, in my path to healing because as I cut myself off from my life force and my body, it was actually through theater, being able to 
begin to articulate the stories of others through my form and to begin to move in that way that wasn't so rigid. That started to really open me up. And then eventually I found my way to meditation and yoga and that sense of yoga as being from the inside out rather than outside in, I think was the final little bit I needed to sort of tune the whole channel to be a connective force between heaven and earth. I think the theater, there is a inherent modality, ultimately, of embodiment. Because you you have to be in your body in order to to play these roles, to to become somebody else. But for me, there was always this piece missing, uh, but it's not really fully connected to me. That's right. That's right. It's a projecting of your energy outward in some way to tune into like a collective energy where you can, you know, channel this particular being that you're mm-hmm. playing or whatever it is. But is it tuned a little bit to the truth of you? It has to be or it doesn't resonate. Right. But is it the fullness of who you are? And I think that the great actors, if we really look at them, it is a fullness of who they are. Yes, I believe. I absolutely believe that. But it wasn't for me. I wasn't yeah. a great actor, consequently. I was a good actor. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you could be good, but there's a difference between being, like, good and being fully embodied and being really powerful, amazing. And that just wasn't my path. I don't think that I was here to share my energy in that way. And I think yeah. it's probably, I shouldn't speak for you, but I'll, I'll ask you, was it similar for you in that in that sense? I th- I think so. I was actually quite powerful as an actress but the thing is that I would be able to pour my whole being into this character and then I wasn't there when the play was over yeah 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 that makes sense so that doesn't work either right mm-hmm. because <laughs> because then you're you know then your your center is never within you which makes sense why then you could say to me but you're not receiving yeah that you're depleted that just that just clicked for me. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I knew it firsthand. Yeah. And again, like we never want to deny our innate gifts. Like I look at you and your ability to manifest and continually create and evolve yourself and all of those things. That being the gift, there's always the sharp edge, shadow edge of that, which is are you are you able to actually do the opposite? Mm-hmm. To hold that balance of polarity. And that truly has taken time for me. Yeah. You know, I, I would say in the last few years, all of that has shifted for me. Yeah. Some out of necessity, you know. Yeah. Some some of age and some of some by design. Yeah. How's your perfectionism? <laughs> you know what? It's, a, it's so much better than it was. I do have yeah. to I do have to say, you know, that was really me feeling like I wasn't enough. Like at the end of the day, that's just saying I am not enough. And I yeah. think that there's been a real shift for me of cutting that enough off, right? I am, as we talk about, so hum, I'm yeah. sa, that yeah. of allowing myself to be perfectly imperfect. But it has been a journey. Yeah. It has been a journey. Partly moving into a personal brand business from a, before this business, it had always been about the collective. So it was easier for me to hide in many ways in my perfectionism. Mm. In this particular business and the way in which I am the face, I am the front, I am, it is me. And I can't be the perfectionist that I was and still create at the same level. And so consequently, 
it's been this shedding process of allowing myself to just go do stuff and try stuff. And some things have really worked and some things have completely failed. Now I did that before, but I always had a, a way to hide. Right. There's no hiding now, as you well no. know, because you have your own business. There's no hiding in your own business. No, no, you, you have to be a hundred percent present and in whatever form that is, what's going well, what feels mm-hmm. integrated and what is it? And that's part of, I think, what makes us dynamic and interesting. We say we want to see people that have it all together, 100%, you know, that it's all packaged. That's not interesting. No, that's not real. It's not real. Yeah. Nobody and has so it all together. No one. Being able to be 100% whatever you are in the moment, you know, perfectly imperfect, as you've described. That's That's where it's at. For me, it's been a lot of, of just, I think, I think age helps, honestly. It's like, it does. I mean, one of the things that I'm doing, as you know, right now is I'm, I'm back in school. I'm getting a master's degree in interfaith ministry, which is just kind of a continuation of what I feel like I've already been doing. But it's been interesting for me to be back in school. And, uh, I know when I spoke to one of the directors early on, you know, I, I said, I'm very excited about this process. I have no idea what's going to happen. He's like, no expectations. And I was like, honey, I'm too old for any expectations. I have no expectations of anything because I, I've been around too long. You know, things are never what they, what you think they're going to be. And isn't that part of the mystery and part of the wonder and part of the joy of that? And so that letting go for me is tremendous. And it's still hard for me sometimes. There, there are times when I catch myself getting pretty down on myself because I haven't done as well as I wanted to at something. But more often than not, I'm like, mom is, mom is too old. Mom's too tired. <laughs> well, isn't that the wisdom though? That's the wisdom of elders. Yeah. Right. Because at a certain point, you're either going to kill yourself from over overdoing. And by kill yourself, I don't mean literally, but I mean, yes. you know, you're going to deplete yourself to this point of being forced. Right. Whether that's physically forced or emotionally forced, or you're going to surrender a bit. And it's that, it's that natural shedding surrender process of allowing things to be what they actually are. Yeah. And that not, being does, a, not, not, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no. not being afraid to say, I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh, I've gotten so good at that. I've gotten so good at that. And oh, something good. I would never have done in my youth. <laughs> Joe, I never would have said, I don't know in my youth. Now I'm like this, teach me. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. The, it's the most freeing thing you can say. And, and it's not taught in our culture. That beginner's mind of being like, I'm, in this moment, I'm empty. And therefore, I have space to receive. I can, I can receive new information. And going yeah. back to the 14, 15 years ago, when I met you, I was still trying to be the smartest person in the room. I was just trying to be the leader of the, the group, even though I wasn't the teacher. I was trying to be the teacher already, right? Even though <laughs> like, I was the student in the room. You kind of were to some degree because, you know, there was a level of embodiment and understanding of of aspects of the yoga. But I totally hear you. Yes, it was like you weren't able to just take your place and be in a receptive space totally. Right. I had to be yeah. right. I had to know. I, I had to be three steps ahead of everyone in my mind. In order right. to be valuable, worthy, seen, oh. love. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. 
oh, that, that sings a true strain for me. I resonate with that so much. And, and I still can catch myself at times with little bits of that flooding in. Yeah. And I think with personal brand business, it all comes back, comes flooding in. Because as we said, you are, you're the business in many ways. Yes, it's yeah. about your community. Yes, absolutely. It's not even really about you at all. Yeah. However, you're the one putting in the work out there. You're the one that is making the offering. And so it brings up all of these old stories, this old ish, yeah. this old yeah. shit. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish that everybody could see your embodiment as you talk because it's so fabulous. <laughs> but, but what you were doing with the circle of your hands, it's like that wheel that we get on that, mm-hmm. that just keeps us spinning and going nowhere. You know me in sacred gestures. I'm like yes. spontaneous gestures. They carry so much information. As you were spinning your hand, I was like, there's that hamster wheel. Yeah. Get off it. Yeah. Land where you are. Not always racing ahead to the next answer, the right answer. I, I so resonate with that. And I caught myself a little bit going back to school. Oh, I bet. Um, wanting, to, wanting to be like the good student and, and have good things to say. And it's been nice to be a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more tired than being the mom of a four-year-old. I'm very tired. <laughs> At almost 52. So let's just put that out there, right? Yeah. But it's been nice to actually catch myself and see myself do that and, and to sit back and be like, you don't need to produce anything right now. Just be part of this, be present, you know? And, and if something arises within you, then share it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, enjoy. You don't have to hold space right now. You hold space for so much. Just receive. Just be, receive. Did you see my hand? I was yes, like, I'm, I'm watching your sacred <laughs> movement right yeah, now. Yes, so it's just a smooth, like, smoothing and a flow of energy as opposed to to having to drum up and lift up this energy constantly to try to project or present or whatever it is. I think that's really powerful, especially for those of us that are presenters, that Mm. are those that hold space for others, that are creators. We're all creators, but that are consciously creating in the world, whether it's content or teachings or whatever it is, that you don't always have to be the one. No, no. And what joy to not have to be the one. Like, I think that's why my passion has turned really into this co-creative energy where mm-hmm. it's, I'm, and I feel that from you too, you know, with your desire to bring other voices in and stuff. It's like, I don't want to hold all this. How much more powerful are we when we reach out into the collective? Now my passion is, as you know, I offer these luminous sanctuaries, which you've done one of, which was so much fun. But it's it's really about like, let's bring our unique voices and our talents together. And then how can we co-create the way forward as a humanity by sourcing our innate gifts and working together? You know, it's it's that shift from that hierarchical structure to circular energy the energy of a council of beings you know and that's ultimately creativity because if you think what is originality what is that that's taking two old ideas or two ideas that are previous bringing them together in a way that creates something new that's right when you bring two vessels together or more two or more vessels together 
that creates something original or new or different. That's right. That's right. And if you think of every person offering their heart, their truth into a circular energy, you feel all those threads coming from those people. Think what a strong web Mm. of connection and energy is there to uplift. That's what I see in my mind's eye. You know, I always have these visualizations and I can produce my own creative energy and put it out there. But what if we're all in a circle and beaming our energy, you know, and threads of golden light into the center of the circle and all of it's beaming together. And then what an incredible net with which to raise the world. And you wonder why I think of you as an incredibly creative human being. All of what you just described (laughs) and the way in which you described it was so creative and so visual. And you're a beautiful writer. I think that's something that people maybe don't know about you that do know you actually. Some do, of course, but that you're a gorgeous writer. Mm, Thank you. Is that a passion or is it something that it's just, something you do do you know what I'm saying like is it something that you're like I have to do this I feel this within me or is it just is it part of your own healing modality like why why write can I can I say all yeah all all of that you know be all of the above (laughs) all of the be all of the above I started writing really as a healing process in a way I mean let's okay no go back I started writing because I love stories as a child I love to write stories. I don't know if they were good. I love to write poems. But eventually, when I came back to being out of school and having to write and produce things, you know, producing things, I came back to writing in my healing process. So healing those those rifts between my, my spirit and my body. Writing was a really valuable tool. Because if I could drop into a space where I could just sort of not think about what I was writing and just channel, and I know you're into this too. I know, I know that you do the morning writing and all of that. There's something that happens when you, when you allow your mind to drop down into your heart and flow through your arm without worrying about what's being produced. It does many things. It clears and empties and it tunes you into a part of yourself you may not be aware of. I often read stuff that I've written. And I'm like, who said that? What? Where'd that come from? What? Huh. Where'd that come from? It's like you're, you're tapping into this, this intuition space. Yeah. But for me, I consider to be that right brain space that I I feel is sort of hardwired to what I call divinity, which is that sahaja, which means inborn, connective, pulsating self that is intricately and intimately linked to the divine. And I feel like there's the channel that happens through that. So my favorite form of writing is what I call sahaja writing. It's like, you know, I let it flow. I don't care. I'm not trying to create anything. Are you laughing at my gestures? I'm, I'm laughing because you call it Sahaja and I call it flow writing. That's why well, there I'm you laughing, go. of course, yeah. you know, of course. <laughs> well, you should, you know, I'm getting hot. I said we would get hot, but it's because we're generating so much, so much energy and synergy here. But I was laughing at the two of us with our, this download flow action that we were doing with yeah. our arms together. So, so there's that. And sometimes I feel called like a path, like something has to be spoken from within my heart. And it usually starts with just one image and then it expands from there. And so some of the poetry that I write comes out of this like upwelling. And I think you could call it passion because it's something that I've witnessed that has stirred something deep within me and and something arises. And it usually starts with like this one phrase and then it evolves from there. And then, and then there can be a poem that evolves from that. 
but I, I'm having to produce a lot of writing now for school, which is very interesting and merging back into the balance between right brain, left brain. is a little tricky for me right now, you know, because it's like, they want me being that it's a, you know, it's a bunch of drunken mystics. Like we're all, we're all together in this school, you know, nobody's too like crazy about the academic stuff, but at the same time, you know, you have to go back into to tying it in and, and providing proof and, and resources and things like that. And that's a whole thing for me. And I think it's a really good thing because it's a rewiring of both those hemispheres of my brain together with my now strong connection to my innate self. Mm. I really relate to this. Uh, when I was young, I wrote just to write. I wrote stories. I remember specifically one story about Priscilla, the psychic cat. I, I love this. Yeah. And I, I just wrote. I There was a eighth grade. There was a class called R&R, Reading and Writing. And that's all we did. And I would just talk about being a producer, a, a manifester. I was producing so much work. <laughs> the, you know, the teacher was like, okay, Nick, okay, okay, right? <laughs> um, Remind me, I have to tell you a story after this. I will. And... And then, you know, time went on and then those, those, oh, I'm not really a writer things started to come into my brain. Right. And then it became, oh, well, I shouldn't do journalism class because I'm not a real writer or do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and then by, by the time in my professional life, I didn't think of myself as a writer until I was actually hired to write. And then I was like, oh, I'm being paid. I guess <laughs> I'm a writer now. I guess you're a Again. writer. But what I realized is that it was about opening that channel, like you were saying. You know, I see in you a lot of channeled writing, coming yeah. spirit coming through you, right? And it took me writing an entire book, in a way, to heal that part of myself. Now, I didn't end up publishing the book. At the end of the day, I realized that I wrote that book for me. Yes. And that, that I actually powerful? don't need to publish it. Now, I might use bits and pieces of it now in things that I create, but it was so powerful that that book was actually for me. Isn't that amazing? And how wonderful to have that experience of, of producing something so deep and intimate to yourself and being okay with it being a gift from you to you. Yeah. And it wasn't at first, right? At first it was like, well, I should really do this. I should really put it, I put all this work into it. And then it was, it was this process of, no, this isn't for the world. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So what were you going to say? You're like, I'm oh. happy to tell you. Well, I was just going to say, and it ties into what we were talking about back to my divinity school training with all this writing that's required. I, I Since September, I believe I have written probably 300 pages worth of, wow. of stuff. Yeah not writing a book or anything, but just the yeah. assignments and so on. And it's been a really interesting exercise. So anyway, my first big assignment was the heart of ministry. And it was like me having to sort of articulate the heart of what I perceive my ministry to be. Mm. Now, these papers are, they say, you know, 1,500 to 3,000 words or more. That's kind of loose. Can you guess how many pages came out of me? <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> 40. Yeah. 
But it was like, this was a great module because it was really about the heart of me. And I was able to use my Sahaj writing and then I had to, you know, I had to weave in other stuff around it, but I was, it was, it was new for me and I was feeling it out, but it it didn't feel stressful. But the second paper that I had to do was hard because there were a lot more specific things I had to cover and I, I couldn't come from that Sahaj source. So I can tell already that my writing is best when it comes from that upwelling from inside my heart. But I just, yeah, the prolific, when you're saying prolific, I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize how prolific I can be because I'm not that way in conversation necessarily. I'm not a person that talks a ton. 40 pages is a book. Right. You know, that's what one of my mentors said was, you know, this is, this is the beginning of a book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, interesting. Yeah. So maybe there is a book in me, just as you, as you had a book flow through you. I think there is one in me and I've known that for a long time, but it has never felt right. And I think yeah. it may be writing itself through this process that I'm going through right now. But I'm, again, my age and all that I've been through, I'm kind of like, okay. Yeah. And that's not to say that I won't ever publish a book. I can see that potentially flowing through me at some point, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. You well, know? I hope so. But there was an acceptance, talking about accepting or surrendering to what is in that process, a a letting go of expectation of what something is supposed to be and allowing it just to be what it is. That's right. It's that thing of of doing stuff because it needs to happen and then letting go of what you expect it to produce. It's very yogic in a way. Yeah. And it was a practice what you preach moment. Yeah. Yeah. I could have forced it. I could have forced it going to to publishers. I could have made it happen in my usual yeah. way, right? Like I've been known to to muscle something. Oh, you? <laughs> Never. Never. Uh, but it just felt right. Yeah. And that's sort of, you know, going with the energy as well. Like, you know, where is it really flowing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know why this is, coming to me right now but I just I wanted to take a moment to honor having known you for so long the the process that you've been through and how and I see this in me as well and maybe this part of it is is you know moving into elderhood if is that a term elderhood it is now yeah um I love to create words that's the other creative aspect of the creative words Fasyasana, as I remember was your idea at one yes. point <laughs> taking fasana. Taking Fasanasana, taking Fasing movement with yoga. Fasanasana. But this this integration that's happening within both of us, really, I really see it in you because you're you're taking everything that you've ever done and refining it and offering it in service to other people's light. Not at the detriment of your own, but but it, it really is this. I think becoming an elder is being like, how can I utilize my gifts? First of all, how can I honor my gifts? And how many years do we try to figure out what those are? How can I then refine, hone my gifts and then offer them in such a way that they can serve in the elevation and expansion of other people? And I think that's, you know, I feel like that's both where we are. I think I didn't phrase that correctly. That is where we I we think those are at now, you know, in our, in our evolution yeah. as human beings. And I, I just wanted to, you to hear that I really feel that and see that with you. I received that. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for receiving it. Yeah. 
because that is what I set out to do, truly. That there was a new intention that was set a few years ago, and that was truly the intention was to bring all the parts of myself, all the parts of, like you said, what I'm, what my gifts are, and yeah. bring them together in service of helping other people, service of others. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the form, I think that I got caught up for a while in what the form was supposed to be. Oh, I so resonate. It was supposed to be being a yoga teacher. It was supposed to be a Broadway producer. It was supposed to, supposed to, supposed to, based on other people's construct of who they thought I was. Right. And me trying to appease everyone and please everyone rather than fully integrating them and saying, well, guess what? There's a different way. Yeah. This is the way that actually resonates for me and the way that I feel that I can be of best service. And so when I go to do another Broadway show, I'm going to come to it with a completely different way of being. How powerful. Yeah. Or when I'm coaching, I'm coming to it with a different way of being, if that makes sense. So the form no longer matters. No. What it is that I'm putting out there. It's how I'm doing it and the state of beingness, which we talk about. We teach that. You know, yeah, I said it for years. The integration of it, the integration of it is the thing. It's like, and, and by integration, I mean the bone knowing. That's my favorite phrase, right? Bone knowing. Oh, I like that. Bone, bone knowing. knowing. Because both of us are teacher of teachers, okay, coach yeah. of coaches, teacher of teachers. So we can talk a lot about it. But the yeah. full integration, the fullness of it yeah. is what is really as you say, become the elder. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that means just as you said, I'm really struck by, you know, whether you're producing a show or whatever it is, that integration in you there, I'm going to use the word humble. And I don't mean that in, you know, this obeisance and bowing deep, Mm -hmm. you know, making yourself smaller than everything else. I mean, humble in that you've taken life and all that life has poured into you, the the challenge and, and the beauty and you've integrated all of the lessons. I'm not saying all of them, but, you know, we're in a process of integrating and it's a conscious integration. And what happens is the steadiness. And by humble, I mean that you know that there's a force greater that's greater than you that's at work in your life. And you're like, how can I use what I have, what I am, and offer some light into the world? And you show me the way, whatever that you is, however you want to frame it, you know. Or not define it. Or not define it because you don't have to. But that awareness that there's something bigger mm-hmm. than you at work is important. Yeah. I Agreed. think. You Agreed. know, and it doesn't have to be named. There's absolutely no reason it has to be named. However, there it is. And the denial of that is really tricky because then it's still all about you. And for years I was denying it. Yeah. Or I, denying is too strong of a word, I would say. I was trying to manipulate it. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know, I was trying to control it. <laughs> I wasn't denying that it existed. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yep, 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 I get it. Totally. Well, people that have a lot of vitality and life force energy, it's like, I can do this myself. Yeah. It's give me the thing and I'll do it. You know, yeah, and I could see that being part of your journey. Yeah, definitely not part of mine. 
okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I am so grateful for you. Oh, likewise. Yeah, I'm so grateful for the mirror of you always and, you know, how we we don't, you know, necessarily talk very often, but when we do, it it really provides such a oh a beautiful space of of both rest and excitement for me. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's yes, like I am absolutely at home. I feel seen and known and I also when I'm with you, I feel infinite possibility. Back at you. Thanks. <laughs> There's that mirror. <laughs> Thanks. Back at you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you being here to have this conversation with me on a podcast and stepping into you being seen for the totality of who you are and all that your gifts are. And with that, how can you be seen? How can anybody who's listening come to one of the Illumination Sanctuaries, come take one of your classes, sit with you in some form or fashion? How can they find you? Oh, so IlluminaYoga.com, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A, Yoga.com. That's where you find most of my stuff for now. And Lumina Sanctuary, we have one. I don't know when this is being produced, but there's one usually at the end of every month. They're the thing I'm probably most passionate about right now because it is a collaborative thing and it's really powerful. It's embodiment and it's, it's creating words and it's, you know, working with um, it's super energy creative. and voice. It's yeah, everything it's- that you are. It is super creative. It is connected to spirit. It is really a beautiful practice. I have not only, you know, uh, been a co-creator facilitator, but I've also come to several as a, as a student and been in the receptive space that we were talking about. And it's a beautiful practice and a beautiful experience for anybody out there. Go find it. Usually you say the last Sunday, typically? Most often towards the end of the month on Just Sunday know. night, okay. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, usually. Great. Thank you again. And you are so welcome. I could just talk and, and talk you. and talk. So no, I, I was like, wait, we're done. I, it's been, it's been about an hour almost. <laughs> Amazing. How that goes. But I will have you back to continue conversation. I'd love it. I'd love it. And I love you. Love you too. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a review. They really matter at getting the word out. And that's what we're here for is to evoke conversation and to connect with spirit and ourselves and help us do that. Uh, Help us connect to that community, that circle that Johanna was talking about. Thank you, Joe, for being a guest. Thank you all so much. See you next time.